Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So it's about uh, 3.31 in the morning this morning, and my, my phone beeps. Now, I don't usually keep my phone on since this topic is balanced. If I sat here and told you that I keep my phone on all night, it probably wouldn't be a very good person to be talking about balance. But my phone beeped, and I had kept it on intentionally because my nephew is uh, and his wife are we're expecting a baby. So at 3.31 this morning, my phone beeps, and it's my sister. And she says, you know, welcome into the world, Lennon, Ford, Kunin, and, and you know, six pounds, six ounces, and shows me the picture, and, and uh, wonderful. And, and actually, I did not wake Marianne up, because she had to go to work this morning, so I didn't wake Marianne up. But, but I, I, you know, I smiled, and I was happy it was 3.31 in the morning. So I'm kind of laying in bed, and I'm staring at the ceiling, and, and I, I said a little prayer for the little guy. <coughs> and I thought to myself, Kind of the context was really interesting since I was coming here this morning to talk about balance. I, part of my prayer to for Lennon was that as he enters into this frenetic world of ours, and it is somewhat frenetic, that as he enters into this frenetic world of ours, that he finds that, that place of balance, whatever that ends up meaning for, for him. I want to take you, though, from the present of that, I want to take you on the, the Wayback Machine, first. And in the Wayback Machine, I have to tell you a, a quick story about my dad. So my dad, uh, my dad was born in 1907. And I'll, I'll bring that up really fast. But he was born in 1907. Lived to uh, 89, just, just before his 90th birthday. And uh, what was amazing to me about my dad is that he, he grew up in a time where he grew up in gangs in the Bronx, in the South Bronx. That's what it was like back in 1907, 1908, 1910, 1917. My mom was born in 1917. And my dad, though, came out of that to become an engineer, a mechanical engineer, a chemical engineer. He was a lawyer. He was a college professor. All kinds of things. I'm leaving out a whole lot of stuff in between. An amazing man. An amazing man to me. What was truly amazing is that my memory as a kid is that he was always around. He never missed a baseball game. I played a lot of baseball. He never missed, and I, to this day, I probably can't tell you exactly how he did that, because he was all these things, and he was he was working, but he never missed a baseball game. How on earth did he do that? Pretty amazing. So, I want to use that as the, the the basis, as the premise for our conversation here, because what I learned from him as time went on was that. He had this really interesting and very simple concept of making choices. The word balance didn't exist in, at least when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know. Anyone remember the word balance? 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, yeah. The word balance didn't exist. It just it was played out. Choices were made. So in order to have this conversation around balance, I need to bring in some new words. I want to do a couple of things here before we end. I want to give you an actual physical model that when you walk out of here, if you forget everything I said from everything I say from um, right now till the the wrap up, that you have this physical model I'm about to give you about what balance is. So let's have some fun for a minute. When I was a kid, I got to ask: Does anyone have any special talents? Can anyone wiggle their ears? Can anyone do that? I can't do that. Can anyone do that? I can't do that. Does any? Can anyone? I'm a Star Trek fan, but for the life of me, I, I, can't, I can't do the bowling thing. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so cool. I can't do that. I, 
Did you practice? Yeah. <laughs> 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 practice it. Does it. Well, I, I practiced for a year. But I had this un unusual talent. When I was a kid, I used to walk around the house doing this. I'd literally walk around the house. Drove my mother crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I'd walk around. Because you weren't using it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She, she'd say, turn it around. Use the other side. Like, exactly. Exactly. But I'd, I'd walk around the house. But you know what's really good? Really good at this. I could walk up and down steps. And going down to our basement, our basement steps, I actually got to the point where I could look forward like this and not actually look at it directly. But I, I used to be able to walk down the basement steps. It was very short. It had the, actually almost had the dock to get, get go down those steps. But I got to the point where I could get way down here and walk down steps. It was really cool. It got to the point where I could switch fingers. I could switch, I can't do it anymore. I could switch fingers seamlessly. And I could switch hands. I could flip into the air and move into the Really good with this. I could do it on my foot. <laughs> Balance. This isn't balance. Tell me what you're observing. What are you seeing? Physically seeing. What's happening here? I'm trying to keep it balanced. Movement. Feedback. Movement. <coughs> Movement. Feedback. What's the feedback? Feedback. Absolutely. Movement. Feedback. Am I ever actually standing still? No. Okay. You're working to keep it balanced. Excuse me? You're working to keep it balanced. I sure am. I'm working really hard to keep it balanced. In fact, I'm going to throw another word in here. I don't want to use the word balance. I want to use the word words, dynamic equilibrium. Dynamic equilibrium. Dynamic equilibrium. And so we're going to get away from the, you know, the, the, the techno babble in a second, but dynamic equilibrium, because I don't want you to think about balance. Balance is a seesaw. I don't know about you, but my life's not a seesaw. My life is not where I have an equal weight on this side and an equal weight on this side, and it doesn't budge like you would in the playground with two kids that are the same weight. Life's generally not like that. Life is generally this ebb and flow of responsibilities, tasks, things we have to do, places we have to be. The kids that are in 20 different, 20 different events, trying to coach, trying to do all those things, trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good employer, a good employee, good colleague. So we're in this constant flow, ebb and flow. And that's the physical view, the imagery I want you to walk out of here with, this is what we're doing with balance. We're constantly in a dynamic motion. Okay. Let's, let's take this just one step further. This is balance. I get equal weights. It's not about balance. It's about dynamic equilibrium. What happens? What happens if I shut my eyes if I try to do this? Oh, by the way, did everyone sign the the waiver on the way in. <laughs> so if you get a cut from this falling, uh, you're right here, so just, just protect yourself, okay? I, I can't guarantee any results. So, so I start out this, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at that part of it that moves the most. That's interesting, too. I'm looking at that part of it that moves the most. And then I'm going to shut my eyes. And do it again. I'm not forcing that. You're going to force. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard. I shut my eyes. I shut my eyes, and I don't see it anymore. So what are you observing? What, why, why do you think that is? Feedback. Okay, feedback, feedback, feedback. I'm not getting that feedback anymore? Okay. So I've, I've, I'll put it in human nature terms. I've taken a blind eye mm. to it. In human nature terms, I've taken a blind eye to it. So I've made a choice to shut my eyes. Almost. <laughs> I can't, even if I can get it up there for a second or two, I can't. I'm not maintaining it. 
because I can't see it. So when I drop the broom in life and I'm saying I'm out of balance, I would suggest to you that there are two, two buckets that this falls in. One bucket, when I drop the broom, is a choice bucket. I chose to shut my eyes. I can't do it. I chose to shut my eyes. I chose to say, I don't see that right now. I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist. The other bucket is a situational bucket where light creeps up on us. So, for example, 2008, March 2008. Do anyone remember March 2008? A lot of bad things happened in March 2008. It wasn't a fun time. Situationally, the economy was having issues. If you were a business owner, if you were an employee, if you were wherever you were, you could have been unemployed, you could have, your business could have been cut in half or gone for that matter, and it happened like this, didn't it? Very situational. Would you say that those folks who were in those situations that their life was in balance? Not even close, right? Whether in some form of dynamic equilibrium where it was dropping, they did not feel balanced. In fact, those were actually the words you heard. You heard people say, I, I don't know which way to go, was, were the words I was hearing. Don't know which way to go. They didn't know. They couldn't follow it. Their eyes were shut for a different reason. Not because they wanted it shut. But either way, we get blind to something, and we can't keep it. can't keep it. Okay. So if you buy for a moment with me that part of balance and part of keeping that broom in the air is about choices, then let's, let's look at that for a second. So up on the International Space Station right now is, a, is an astronaut, you probably know. He's been up there for 14 months, I think. It's over a year, isn't it? Scott Kelly? Scott Kelly. Scott Kelly's been on the International Space Station for about 14 months now. Uh, let me ask you something. Is, does he live a, what we define, does he live a balanced life? No way. No? Okay, no. no. Does, does anyone think he does live a balanced life? Well, he's weightless most of the time. <laughs> Excuse me? He's weightless most of the time. <laughs> That's good. He's all in. He's all in. He's all in. That's right. That's right. He is all in. At some point, he is following the broom. His eyes are wide open. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is doing this. He's doing this because of something that motivates him to do this. That's why I've got to drink really deeply here for a second. It's something that motivates him. So don't lose that word choice now. It's something that motivates him. Something motivates him to want to be on that space station. And it, what, what, are the, what are the things that could motivate him to want to do that? He wants to be the, uh, the longest uh, person in space. To live in weightlessness. To be in, to live in weightlessness. Right, he wants to do that. Maybe it's that he wants to have that, that title. It could be that. That's a form of power. It's and an endurance thing. It, it could, exactly. It could be that it's personal satisfaction. It could be that, that he wants to be in the history books. Something drives him. It could be for science. It could be totally altruistic. It could be for science. He, no one's ever done it, and he wants to be the one that shows it can be done and that there won't be any negative ramifications on his body. He wants to be the guinea pig. could be totally altruistic. But he made a choice. His eyes are wide open around his choice. So I'm going to put that in the job profession category. So this is, I, I, I have this concept called dots. Lots of dots. Issues always have dots, and sometimes we can connect the dots, and sometimes we can't. 
This is one of our first dots for the morning here. So, but, but, but it makes a choice. We all make those kinds of choices. Now, there are, there are, there are always extenuating circumstances that we can tell ourselves about. And I just want to hold that thought for a second. Got to be really careful about those extenuating circumstances. We think, oh, I just can't. I, I have to make this choice. I have no other. Nothing else I can do to make this choice. My life's going to be un unbalanced. But I'm, I have to make this choice. He made a specific choice. Okay. Can you do me a favor? Can you hang this on there with the this facing out? Okay. All right. I want to throw another dot out here before we start connecting. I want to throw another dot. The next dot I want to throw out has to do with, I'll do it via a story. I have this wonderful client. And this gentleman uh, has, has he's late 30s, grown a very good business, um, smart man, and works 18 hours a day, every day, almost seven days a week. And he is exhibiting all the signs of what happens to somebody who does that health-wise, emotionally, he's exhibiting all those signs. I'm not a therapist, and I don't go into these organizations to be a therapist. I can't help, though, as I build relationships with people, I can't help but hear their stories. They tell me their stories. And after getting to know this gentleman for a while, his story is that he's made a choice to be unbalanced, to be in a dynamic equilibrium where he drops the broom. He's made a choice to do that because... He hates to go home. He hates to go home. And while this might be, I'm, I'm presenting some extreme cases. You know, Scott Kelly living up in the base for 14 months. It's extreme cases just to get us to think about some things here. In his case, it's his, it's his home life. And I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's her. I'm not a marriage counselor. But I, I hear these stories. And home life is just one of those other things that he, he has, in his case, he is made a choice. The choice is that he's going to stay in his office. That's the choice he made. So his broom has hit the ground pretty hard. And he's not taking any action for his now. He wasn't taking any action to do something about that. So balance is often looked at in a very simplistic way. In a very simplistic way. When I say to someone, how are you doing? You'll hear something, oh, busy. I'm busy. You're busy? I'm busy. Busy, 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 busy. We use that busy word all the time. And we use that busy word to describe that we don't really think we're necessarily in balance. But within that word busy, scrape away the junk, and what you have is a set of choices that make us busy. So I'll tell you a story. This is about, this is 2000, actually, I can tell you the exact date. It happened. 2002. Every year, uh, Marianne and I, uh, on Black Friday, we would go out, I wouldn't say shopping, we'd go out people watching. Marianne would buy a few things, but she never, never, that wasn't really why we went out. We went out people watching, and then we'd go have breakfast. We did this year in and year out. In 2002, I was busy. And I was teaching, I was teaching Saturday classes, 
had you know, my, my business stuff was you know just booming. I, things were I was busy. And we're getting close to Black Friday, and Marion says, We going out Black Friday? And I said, you know, maybe, maybe not this year. Friday, you know, that Friday's is a quiet day. I think I'll just go into the office. <laughs> kind of dropped that broom, and I knew instantly. The look on her face was, but we've done this every year. She didn't say those words, but we've done this every year. So at that moment, and of course, you know, thick as a brick, didn't necessarily at that moment realize it until <coughs> I'm in my car going to my office thinking, oh no, what did I do? I made a choice. Did I really need to go into the office that day? I really didn't, I didn't need to drop that broom. That might sound like a little thing. Well, you know, someone might be sitting here, if I put thought bubbles over your head, someone might be sitting here thinking, well, why, she should just understand, maybe she should have just understood that, that you need to go into the office and get some stuff done. Some of you might have a thought bubble over your head that goes, you're an idiot, John. <laughs> I suspect that's the majority. <laughs> Choices. You might have another story. There might be a story in your mind about you dropping the broom that's very different from that one. And maybe that one wouldn't have been a broom dropper for you. But that's the whole point of this. It's not so simple as saying, I'm busy. It's quite complex in that because we call all the different things that put that broom up in the air and we have to be engaged and with eyes wide open about that dynamic equilibrium. I really messed up the dynamic equilibrium that day. Big time. Let's keep going for a second. Another dot. Mm -hmm. The workaholic. So, be it far from me to suggest that there aren't times, and in fact, many times, where either situationally or by required choice, you get chained to your desk, chained to your job in some way, shape, or form. You're an IT professional. Systems go down. You can't leave until that's fixed. That's, that's, that, that happens. So, so don't misunderstand where I'm coming from with this. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we ignore those responsibilities. I'm not suggesting that for a second. I'm suggesting, though, that we get into a pattern, a behavioral pattern, where our, what drives us, the things that motivate us, power and control and money and wealth, and, 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 and that all sounds bad, doesn't it? Those aren't necessarily bad. Power, having, power, having control over something in order to make a difference is not a bad thing. Our desire to serve and volunteer and things like that, none of, none of that's bad until we get chained to it in some way because we're either avoiding something or we've shut our eyes to the impact that it has on the people around us. Family. Who else? We, again, we talk work balance, and notice the phrase always work-life balance. Okay, what else though? What does our imbalance, what does our ability, our inability to, di to do our dynamic equilibrium and, and our, our, our tendency to shut our eyes, who else does that impact in our lives that we don't necessarily think about? Absolutely. Who else? Down here. Kids. Kids. Who else? Ourselves. Ourselves. I'm not sure which one you said that, but yes. Mm -hmm. who, what else? If there's more. Colleagues, absolutely. One is more. Friends. 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 What you say? Friends. Yeah. Friends. They work for you. Yes. You message to them. You betcha. Yes. Absolutely. Every single day, it absolutely affects them. 
Because they see it. They see it in your face, they see it in your eyes, they cannot miss it. However, take those chains off, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with saying, with, with communicating to all those people why it is you're doing what you're doing for some short period of time. You have no choice but to solve that problem. That system has to be brought back up. I know there are doctors, you're, you're a cardiologist, right? You're not a cardiac surgeon. No. Neither? Lawyer. Lawyer. Wrong person. Sorry. So you have the waiver for the broom for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly, if I'm laying on the operating table and I'm looking up at the doctor and they're about to cut my chest open to do cardiac surgery on me, I don't want them thinking about their son's baseball game. I want them thinking about my heart. So, so I'm not suggesting for a moment that we don't pay attention to what we are and where we are. I am suggesting for a moment, though, that... When we get to the workaholic level, it's a choice. It's a choice. Is is Scott Kelly a workaholic? Mm -hmm. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. He has no choices. He's two fourteen. <laughs> he's there. He can't go anywhere. Depends if he's addicted. <laughs> he's working at home. <laughs> 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 he does have a wife. That's right. He does. He has a family. So his choice. His choice which is out there for everybody to see. It's not like he's hiding it in his corner office as the CEO. That's not happening. It's for everybody to see. He has made the choice and, and impacted many people around him who know it, though. They know about it. It's communicated. And it's, instead of it's, I can't come home for 24 hours because I'm working on the IT problem, it's, honey, I'll see you in two years. Yeah. But it's, it's a choice. What I'd like you to do, just combining your tables just for a minute, I've got more of these dots, but I want to see what dots you come up with. I'd like to hear what you come up with in terms of what are some of those other things, those other choices that we make where we shut the, the eyes to it and we let the broom drop. We've seen job profession, home life, um, workaholics. I have here the blending of work and home or the clashing of work and home. What else is there? So just go back to your tables, take literally two minutes, and see how many things you can come up with where, maybe it's in your experience where you've observed other people, what are the choices you've seen people make that lead to things like we've been talking about? Dropping the broom. So we've got personal interests, we have community interests, we have, we have church interests, we have work interests, all those things. So this dynamic equilibrium is flowing across an entire set of things. And every now and then, that equilibrium takes us in a direction of one or two of them that we have to focus on, that we have to stay with. The problem comes in when we don't communicate that to the important people that are around us. That's the problem. In 2002, if in fact I really did have something that was important for me to go to the and clean my desk off on that Friday, uh -huh. if I really did, which I did not, I absolutely admit that, but if I did, I should have said, I have to get this done by Monday. I should have communicated. And again, besides the fact that it's very dangerous, that's what we don't do so many times. So now all of a sudden, all those people that we impact, we think that we do, and let's be very clear about that. We're, we're born, we spit out words that nobody understands, we start talking in half sentences, we start talking and we don't stop, and we think we can communicate. Those things are not related. 
The words that come out of our mouth and an ability to communicate are not the same thing, incongruent. So we get into various situations where we're out of balance. That's why this is a complex issue, where we get out of balance, we get our dynamic equilibrium in the room falling, and the last thing we do well is communicate where we are with the people around us that matter to us. That's a big problem. Okay, I'm going to throw in a couple of those. Yes, sir, questions? Okay, so I was talking to someone before we started here, and they told me of what can be a very big work-life imbalance, and that is aging parents. Aging parents, all of a sudden, what was your very stable standing still and just kind of doing this to keep the broom up in the air, parents start aging, and now all of a sudden your balance, your equilibrium starts taking a detour. It can be extremely stressful. The question is, again, it's about keeping the eyes open and recognizing what is going on, communicating effectively with the people around you that it impacts. And it might sound so simple, almost trivial in fact, almost a no-brainer, but that, as in my observation, that is what prevents these things from being adequately addressed, taken care of, and finding their balance. Unfortunately, unfortunately, where we end up is with having um, the people we need the most helping us in those situations unable to do so because we haven't effectively communicated what needs to get done and brought them into the conversation. So this balance thing isn't just about us. This equilibrium stuff isn't just about us. So it, the, the key, some of the key takeaways here at the moment are that it is not balanced, it's equilibrium, and it's constantly changing. There's this ebb and flow that goes on all the time. And to bring in the people that are impacted the most by those changes that are happening, and to communicate it as effectively as possible, which means really using, our, using words. And we all know that we, we have every different style in the book, in this room alone. We have people who probably are highly verbal, and we have people who are not verbal at all, and everything in the middle. And within your style, it's important to find your words to bring in the people that help bring equilibrium back and help open your eyes again. The last thing. This is my favorite picture. This is my favorite picture. I love this picture. I don't know if you can see it. But it starts with a little baby all the way up to someone with a, with a cane walking. Draw the same way you came in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the big one, the other, the other dot is phase of life. So had breakfast this morning with you and your two children. My four, the youngest is eighteen, the oldest is twenty-four, mm -hmm. and and. <laughs> 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 so he didn't hear, he, he never saw that, he didn't, he didn't know the broom story. Watching his face was absolutely priceless. As a, time, as a kid, I was walking around the house with his broom in my hand. <laughs> Your face was absolutely priceless. But, you know, in, in the phase of life yeah. where you are, it's different, and those pressures, you're, you and or your wife, running those kids all over the place to different events, and who's playing soccer, who's blah, 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 right? Frenetic? Yes. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Pause. So phase of life, obviously huge. All right. So I've created this. I haven't depressed everybody. But what do we do? 
uh, what can we what can we do about it? So, first of all, as you, I really do want you to keep the broom analogy in mind. That that, that when you feel imbalanced, and more importantly, actually, when the people around you, the people you care about around you, are the ones that they say, "I'm just all over the place." You know, those are key words. I'm all over the place. Um, I'm overwhelmed. That's a good one. I'm overwhelmed. Those are key words. You do not want to ignore those key words of the people who are important in your life around you. I'm overwhelmed. Key words. Use the broom analogy with them. Don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes on that broom and follow. Go with the equilibrium. That Black Friday story I told you, I didn't tell that by accident. It's something about the keeping of traditions. And again, I don't care what generation you're from. It doesn't matter. There's something about the keeping of basic traditions that fosters balance. It's really interesting. And there are many, uh, this isn't John Vettery. Studies have been done. There's something about things that are repetitive, things that are, can be looked forward to, that have, that have um, uh, stick-to-itiveness, if you will, in our lives that causes people to very nicely maintain their dynamic equilibrium. When those things are taken away, we drop the broom. So, uphold traditions. My father had a great saying. Today we use the word, be present. That's nice. A little clinical for me. My father used to say, be where you are. Be where you are. And I personally try to live that one. When I'm in my office, I'm 100% in my office. When I'm in front of clients, I'm 100% in front of clients. When I'm home, I do my level best to be 100% mm. home. Scott Kelly doesn't have that benefit right now. He can't do that. It's delayed. It's postponed. And, but most of us are not Scott Kelly living in the International Space Station. Most of us, we move between these various places in our life of work and home and service and community, move back and forth. Balance, dynamic equilibrium is a part, in part, is largely a part of being where you are. Give it your best when you're there doing it. The classic, what do you do? Know when to say no. Know when to say no. People in this room are givers. You're, you're, you are people that volunteer. You are people that go out of your way to help other people. At some point, that may impact others around you that you care for and you love. At some point, you have to say, I can't do that next one. No is an okay answer. We have to know when to say, no, I can't do this. It doesn't mean don't volunteer. It don't take anything to an extreme. It does mean know when to say no. No, we're not going to have the fourth sport this season. Kids, sorry, we're not doing that. We may not even have the third or the second. We're not going to do that. No one to say no. It's not just because somebody else is doing it that you're going to do. No one to say no. And for me personally, and actually the research supports this too, but I find this is true of me. Starting your day right. Mindset. The mindset of how you start your day. So Nick and I walk most mornings during the week, which I'll tell you, by the way, in the three miles that we walk, 
We've solved the world's problems so many times. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So we've got you covered when you leave here. World's problems are solved. But we start, how you start your morning, how you start your mindset each day determines whether or not, or how many times, you'll drop the broom during the day. That mindset is incredible. My mindset is, the way I start my day, you might do something similar or something totally different. I drive to the office. I'm actually plugging in. I, I, I have the Bible on CDs. I plug that in. I listen to it. And I just, actually, I'm driving. I just reach over and I pull one out and I stick it in. And I push the track button and I don't know what's coming up. That's what I do. And it just settles me in before I get to the office and I've got 15 emails, 20 emails, 30 emails, whatever it is. And I have to start dealing with stuff, dealing with clients, dealing with projects, blah, 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 blah. Right? How we start our day matters. The mindset with which we enter each day matters. If you get up in the morning, the first thing you do, this is going to be very opinionated of me, is to look at this. Someone else just drove your agenda. Someone else just drove how you're going to feel for the next five hours. <clears throat> Someone else did that. And maybe it might be something good. Or maybe not. If this is the first thing you look at in the morning, and, and just because we're in the skewed age group, and everyone, and everyone has just got one of these things, and the tendency is, oh, let's see what's going on. Right. That's how you start your day. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. It sets our mindset in the absolute wrong direction. I don't care what age you are. Put it aside. Do those other things that get you ready. No different than you're going to do a sporting event. You play tennis, whatever it is you do, mm. warm up before it. If we're going to keep that broom up in the air, we need to be warmed up to do so. We need to be ready to do so. We need to be ready to, to weave and bob along with it during our day, during our week, during our month, and during our year. I'll tell you one last story, and then I'm going to end. There's a woman in um, Maryland. She has multiple sclerosis. And this woman um, just recently went legally blind. She's an amazing person. Uh, I'm someone with incredible intestinal fortitude. She does not get up every day and lament where her broom is. Doesn't do it. She's an inspiration. She gets up every day and runs a little business out of her, out of her apartment. And she keeps her eyes, and being blind has nothing to do with this, of course, keeps her eyes on the broom knowing that every day she has one more day to live on this earth, to contribute to someone else, and this is the way she talks, and that's just amazing. She is not unbalanced. She's unhealthy. Her health is not good, but she's not unbalanced at all. And I would suggest to you, if someone like that, who is wheelchair-bound and, and um, is now legally blind, can have that type of mindset in the morning, every day, then we certainly can as well. And you'll keep your broom in the air.